Hey Canoodlers, it's Barbara and I'm your host for this week's episode. As you probably know by now, I always pick a movie that I haven't seen before. My first picks actually turned out to be a comedy with not much romance and a movie with a lot of romance but not so much comedy. So for my third choice, I wanted to be sure that it was indeed a rom-com and so I did some research. Now for the fourth movie, I actually forgot it was my turn to pick one and I literally just pulled up our rom-com list and I went for never being kissed because it said in brackets Drew next to it and I love Drew Barrymore. Well, what can I tell you? It was painful to watch and I was thinking to text the girls that I wanted to change my selection but this is a rewatch podcast and I had already announced it to all of you so that wasn't really an option. I will say it did make for a funny recording. Keep listening and enjoy. Oh my god, you guys, have you guys watched Emily in Paris on no. Netflix? Not feeling nope. like I should. Oh my Oh my god. It I actually I guess I wasn't that I don't think I I don't, I don't think it was on my radar really. And um my sisters had watched it and we were at the shore last weekend just for the week one last hurrah at the shore and my sister was like we're turning it on because I can't believe you haven't seen it it's a total rom-com TV series mm. and it's short it's like 8 or 10 episodes and they're all like sitcom length they're like 25 minutes each and it's about a young girl in her 20s who gets moved to Paris on a work assignment and it's just gorgeous I mean the girl is beautiful she has really like you may not love her outfits, but it's she, her outfits remind me a lot of Legally Blonde, like how Elle Woods uh, was like super uh-huh. over the top with her fashion outfits. Yeah. So they're super high fashion, but they're crazy, like colorful and stuff. And it's Paris has never looked more beautiful. And she, of course, has the, you know, has the meet cute with a neighbor, you know, and a complicated friendship and a complicated work relationship. And there's the wacky, wacky best friends at work there's so many great rom-com conventions in it and it's it's super fun so it was created by the creators of sex in the city in the same style as patricia field which is why the outfits are so good there you go go. that's exactly what it is it's it's like a real like this girl every day is dressed like she she that's that now that you're saying that that makes total sense because she reminds me of like how carrie bradshaw would step out of her apartment and she'd be wearing like a purple top with like sparkly boots and a you know, right, and you're like, who's wearing that? It's Tuesday. What's going on? <laughs> but yeah, that's we've been engrossed still, you guys, with the vow. Like we're religiously mm-hmm. watching. Religious. It's it's just tur- taking twists and turns here and there, and it's just like I don't know. It's it's so insane how how really from the outside it's kind of like how are you sitting there and listening to this thing and and really thinking that what this man says is good the the leader right but us watching like being in there like you're total like you can see how these people are so brainwashed and it's so insane how the wording that they use is really the you know it's really the lingo that we use in our personal development it's I know. really just so oh, insane. I know so it's the 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 vow on HBO about the the sex cult nexium and yeah it, it's I agree and I I'm also like I'm waiting for the last episode I think the last episode is coming up and I'm like I'm like, I, I know how it ends and I'm like on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I don't you know? really know how yeah, it ends. I only know about Alice and Mac. I don't know anything about anyone else. I, I went down a real rabbit hole 
like in the beginning. I remember I was telling you that that's that first month I was like, I can't stop thinking about yes, it. Like, yeah. I was really in a, I was in a real rabbit hole for like, for like five weeks. I was like, I can't, I can't <laughs> oh, wow. Oh my search. God. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Right. You know, Barbara, I was like, I can't stop thinking about it. Well, I am moving into a place where I have an office on the lake, Lakeview. Um, Amazing. I have, I'm very pleased with myself, I have to say, because I feel like I've been manifesting that I need more um, nature in my life. And I can literally tell since I've been here, like for the last three weeks, I feel like, oh, I feel this groundedness. And yesterday we went to see this beautiful, incredible sunset. We went to the beach and there are trees on the beach. And I have never seen trees on the beach because usually for me, the beach is sand and that's it, right? But not trees the way it's, it's unbelievable. So yeah, that's awesome. And then also at the same time, this morning I've reconnected with, um, with an old friend of mine who used to play such an important role in my life and we used to go hiking and mountaineering uh, together all the time. So it was like, it's like, ha, full circle. I said, like, I've been really missing this in my life and here I am and this is what I'm doing. So it was quite, mm. it was very nice to catch up with her and, and close that circle. So yeah, this pandemic, man, it's been wild. <laughs> so wild. wild. That's wild. a beautiful baby. So, so, so happy for you, Babsy. So good. so good. Yeah, I'm Your thrilled. beautiful life. I know, seriously. Mm -hmm. Little. And you're snuggled up in there watching rom-coms. I know, I know. It's like because little paradise this is here. This is Welcome canoodle. to Canoodle. Oh, no. oh this is Canoodle. Okay, oh, Canoodler. Canoodle girls. All right, my friends, we are here. Ah, it's it will be a treat of an episode. <laughs> but it was a freaking nightmare as a movie. That's spoiler alert. But I can't take. I can't hold it back anymore. <laughs> the person who it? chose this movie should be expelled from Canoodle. <laughs> We're talking about Never Been Kissed. That was my movie pick last week, and. I have to say, I really do not have a great track record on this podcast with my picks, <laughs> but this was by far the worst. <laughs> by far the worst. And yeah, I, I don't know. I have nothing to say in my defense other than I had no idea what I picked. <laughs> there you go. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right. Let me read the dating profile before we go into additional first impressions after the one I've already shared. <laughs> so never been kissed. Um, Josie Geller, played by Drew Barrymore, a baby-faced junior copywriter at the Chicago Sun-Times, must pose as a student at her former high school to research contemporary teenage culture. With the help of her brother Rob, David Arquette, Josie infiltrates the inner circle of the most popular clique on campus. But she hits a major snag in her investigation, not to mention her own failed love life when she falls for her dreamy English teacher, Sam Coulson, by, played by Michael Barton. The movie was directed by Roger Gosnell, written by Mark Silverstein and Abby Kahn, and premiered in 1999. So, 
first impressions, my friends. <laughs> it's a little problematic. First, I want to. I want to know who saw it before. Like who's seen it? I saw it so long ago, and I didn't remember ninety nine percent of it. Wonder like why. I remembered her being. I remembered her being nerdy, and like getting back to getting back to high school and like not fitting in. And then, of course, somehow maybe having a makeover or turning around. And then the, I remembered the baseball field, but that was it. I I don't remember I, the rest of it. I was it was a total blank, and I <laughs> I can see why it kept revealing itself <laughs> in, in <laughs> disturbing ways. <laughs> I was thirteen when it came out, and I definitely was not allowed to see it. And so I think when I finally did see it around that time. I was like really excited because I wasn't allowed to. It was probably at a friend's house or I don't know. And I remember like just not really understanding why it was like a cool movie. Um, But I don't remember any details. And, you know, as an adult, I just (laughs) had some trouble with it, you guys. It's a little problematic. Yeah. 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 yeah, I had never seen it before, um, but I've always heard of it. Like, I feel like it's one of those movies that it's really fame or like famous or people talk about it. And like, it's always somehow in the universe of the movies that, you know, you should watch. And I don't even know that people, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it before, but I actually studied cinema studies as my minor. And in, in, so I've seen a lot of movies. I really saw so many movies of so many different things. I don't think I've ever watched a worse movie than this one. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Barbara, you can just sign off off the call now. (laughs) I genuinely think, and I have seen art movies that that last for four hours and barely anything happens, and I genuinely think that this is the worst (laughs) one I've ever seen. (laughs) I'm with you, Libby. I was, oh, it was so painful. It was. I think. I think my co-watchers had more fun watching me being in pain than watching. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I like can everyone imagine. hated it, and I hated it the most. It was. Oh god. Oh yeah. It was tough. It was a tough one. It was a tough watch. But actually, I had. I actually then ended up having fun watching it because it, I ended up. It was like it was so bad. Yeah. That yes. I ended up entertaining myself for by sure being like and, and my, my thing that I kept doing which is like one of my most charming qualities is what if I rewrote this movie uh-huh. I think I could make this movie work if I could just rewrite it you yeah. know which I'm sure you know everybody in Hollywood's dying to hear my ideas for how this yeah. movie could be better well, I come to LA I, I know come to LA Take a memo. figure it out so let's get into it first act um we meet Josie Geller a nerdy um, copy editor for the Chicago Sun-Times. Um, she desperately wants to be a reporter, uh, but her boss, uh, Gus, and also her co-worker, Anita, um, played by Molly Shannon, she, they don't think she has it in her. And so, but during one of the staff meetings, um, the big boss, she he assigns um, Gus, <laughs> He assigns Josie um, onto that mission so that she would be um, reporting um, undercover at a high school to help parents become more aware of their children's lives. 
Um, and so Josie is super excited about the assignment and she can't wait to go back to, to high school and do that because she just wants to be a reporter. That's all she wants to do. Um, she tells her younger brother, Rob, about it, who is um, working at a postage and packaging store named Tiki Post. Um, and he really doesn't think that that's a great idea. And he reminds her of how her life at high school was really miserable and how she's really been the joke um, or she's been at the brunt of the joke all the time and people were just making fun of her. Um, and But she doesn't let herself get um, talked out of the idea and she's determined to go um, onto that assignment. So that's the first part. Do we know how long the assignment was supposed to be for? Because it seems like a major commitment for just an article. Like, is yeah. she becoming a full-time student the, just to write one article? Yeah, I remember the boss, Gary Marshall, was like, my semester in high school, or my semester, whatever it was, and I was like, a whole semester? Jeez, that's a long time. <laughs> that's a long con. <laughs> that is the long con. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I think it felt like she was there for quite a while because. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she was definitely. Kind of, yeah. She yeah. was probably there for longer than she was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this movie did that thing that we, we talked a little bit about it um, in whatever movie that was that had somebody who was supposed to be unattractive. Oh, the, it was the Kevin J- Hitch. We talked about it at Hitch, mm-hmm. where it's like, let's take a, a person who is supposed to be unattractive in this movie, right? And and set set her up like in, in that first set of set of scenes you see like you know she's plain. She's got plain hair, her hair is in a french braid, she doesn't have great clothes. You know, she's not wearing a ton of makeup and everybody else is like super 90s like all done up with like mm-hmm. butterfly clips in their hair and dark red <laughs> lipstick and you know baby doll dresses and she's just wearing like the Ann Taylor dress, you know. And um, it just makes me laugh because even though I think in this movie overall, they did try to make her look pretty wrecked in a lot of scenes. <laughs> like, you can still tell she's a gorgeous person. Like, she has, like she's got a gorgeous face and she's got a great rockin' body. And it's like, sure, sure, Drew. Yeah, you're, you're really, you're, you're really... <laughs> You're really the lame one in this, you know, yeah. in this scenario. Yeah. Although I feel like for her, and, and this is a credit to her as an actress, but also her acting style, though, is just, she just comes across as so incredibly, I think it's more her mannerism that really struck mm-hmm. me as that, um, as portraying mm-hmm. that as a character, other than her looks, which I'm sure were there to support that. But her way yeah. of being was was just so like, oh my god like what is happening like I understand like it was kind of endearing on the one hand too because you could tell that she actually really wanted to be good she really wanted to be a reporter and she really kind of tried you know she really tried to talk to his to her boss and telling him that she really wanted to be a reporter and 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 yet she had that just ridiculous relationship with her assistant or whoever was supposed to be her assistant and and just like treating her like shit really so it was just like I I thought that was a pretty good setup uh just because she's so good as at at being the kind of the dummy or the 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 you know just a little bit the weaker one mm-hmm. yeah i agree and i will say like when she sat at the table with her two co-workers 
um, and she was talking about how like she envisioned envisioned her first kiss. I actually had high hopes. I thought like, oh man, this is gonna be great. <laughs> yes, true. That was a sweet scene. I was like, yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful, and that's that's really amazing. But yeah, one of my like clumsiness and like that kind of behavior, like that's my pet peeve. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so. for sure. And, and oh, and and just like because we didn't mention her, but she's really needing to be mentioned. Octavia Spencer is part yeah. of the trio of the. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like really star-studded. That I she probably her. wasn't gonna be. Yeah, she probably wasn't gonna be on the radar for a while then. But um, amazing actress, right? So to be part of that <laughs> trio, Absolutely. that was yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. So the second act is really experiencing Josie's misery at school. Um, Like how she has all these terrible run-ins with, of course, the three princesses, um, Gibby, Kirsten, and Kristen, super popular. Um, She meets Guy Perkins, uh, the most attractive popular student at uh, South Glen South, the high school where she goes back to. and yeah, we, we see how that's really not going well. They're taking her car away and she doesn't feel great. Um, but she gets rescued by Aldis, uh, played by Lily Subieski, who is such a great friend to her and immediately takes her in. And then also we see how Josie becomes enamored with her young English teacher, Sam Coulson. And we see immediately where that's gonna go. Um, I guess a little problematic, um, but we can see that. I think. <laughs> I think. Um, but we can see where, where that's going, um, how they have an instant connection. Um, and then that second part ends with um, with the three, well, Josie and Aldis and the girl in the back of the car, who I actually don't know who it is, um, I guess another friend, how they go to this famous place called the court where all the cool kids hang out and they they kind of want to be part of it but um guy comes over and he talks to them in a very very mean way and makes it very clear that there's nothing cool happening for them and it's not for them to be here um so they uh, have to go away so that's the third part Mm. sorry the second part Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) I'm sure we'll get into the student teacher of it all. But before we do that, I just have to say, I was fully obsessed with Jessica Alba's look in this movie. Girl is wearing a bikini top to school and I am into it. Crocheted bikini, crocheted pants, silver lipstick. That's what's up. I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, I actually loved those three girls. I mean, like I I hated those three girls, but I loved that look. They were like the 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 plastics they were the, yeah. the the Barbie dolls of the school and you know I think that's their role is to be as over the top right uh, and again like that's like they're they're like the L they're the fashion they're the Sex in the City they're the L Woods of the day and th- that '90s look man was serious that was like there was a lot of bare midriffs in that late '90s situation <laughs> that was going on yeah. and if you could pull it off you were pulling it off you know yes one hundred percent yeah but I was so mad at at the idea that somebody that when I saw Drew, the outfit that that Drew Barrymore's character just Josie was Ugh. wearing I was like 
okay, she picked that. And then I was like, oh, the friend put her in that. Like, somebody put her in that outfit. I was like, who are these people in her life? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that would dress her like that and, like, send her into a, like, a situation. Like, we all went to high school. It's a freaking jungle. I know. Yeah, you wear a feathered boa to high school? I know. What are you doing? <laughs> comb that, comb those curls out, girl. Like, I know. Those jeans are too big for you. And white jeans were not in in the 90s. That's yeah. Um, so I just felt like the whole, and that was a recurring thing for me that was just, to me, again, like, I, that whole thing of going, like, I get that it's supposed to be a comedy and it's over the top, but, like, when you lose track of reality, like, there wasn't right. one mm-hmm. person who could be, like, hey, let's watch some teenage TV shows or, like, let's go <laughs> right. to the mall and look at real teenagers and wear what they're wearing <laughs> instead yeah. of dressing you in this clown outfit that you're going to regret for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the issue I had also throughout the movie is just that it was so even the acting was so over the top that it it just really was distanced from what and uh, something that actually was this movie actually supposed to be real or was it a whole parody of even a movie? Like it just felt so mm. distant from anything that could be remotely real and everything was so over the top in the acting as well that um it just it, it it took me a, uh, took me a real effort to even stay put and and kind of connect to any of what was going on, um, and that was definitely part of it. Just like the outfits and the and the acting the thing and the over the top of the girls and just it, everything was a little too much for it to actually be somewhat identifying with. That was my main issue. What I did think um, worked really well was all like the nerdy kids i thought they were actually quite cool and i think they were portrayed in a really nice way um Mm -hmm. in contrast to everything else so i was kind of like relieved that they um they portrayed the nerdy kids in, in in the way they did because i felt like that was actually very tasteful and very respectful because i think that would have i always have a very hard time to see really mean things when people are so mean to other people like that that I was like oh I have a hard time with that but so I was I was I was happy to see at least um that wasn't the case with the with the nerdy kids okay so in the third act um we see Gus is getting a little frustrated um because he feels his job is on the line when she just doesn't she's not seems to be able to produce a story um, so they decide that she is now going to get a hidden camera uh, put on her, her, her body. She's going to wear a hidden camera. And um, and it's quite interesting to see how the entire office, they immediately become part of the soap opera that's happening in front of them, literally. Um, and we also see that Josie goes back to her brother Rob and she confides in him and she's like oh my god this is really terrible and I'm getting up like all these fears are coming back and and I'm having such a miserable time and 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 we see Rob is like her champion and he sends her back in and she's like you have to get rid of that old self and just go back and and fight for it. You have to become the new person that you want to be, um, or that you wanted to be at high school at the time. And so we see her, um, we see this wonderful scene, um, Josie going to the bar, um, where she runs in into her teacher with his 
very tight girlfriend. And also she by accident eats a brownie that's a little spiked and she has this amazing dancing scene. And then the next day she sleeps in, she and she wakes up, she runs to school and she has she fell asleep on her um, stamp from the night and she has loser on her on her forehead. And of course, people make so much fun of her and she um, has a breakdown in the bathroom. She um, remembers also how terrible it was when she had been asked as a joke by the person who she had fallen in love with. Um, she had been asked to, to go to prom with him and she remembered how he shows up in a limousine with another date and they were hurling both eggs and insults at her and she just felt terrible. So that all came back to her as she sits on the bathroom floor. That's part of the third act. The thing that bothered me, I think, in this scene with with Josie is that when when she's when it's finally revealed that she had this horrible high school trauma that like because if you think about it, that's a really traumatic mm-hmm. you know like that's the the movie reference to Carrie and they actually make a reference later to Carrie like that's a bad traumatic memory to yeah. have of somebody really being so cruel to you in high school and yet I, I thought it was interesting that throughout the whole rest of the movie but leading up to this she's never really aware or she doesn't seem to be aware that people don't like her. Like she's mm-hmm. ambling through school, she's clumsy, she's spilling on herself and others, and she keeps trying with these mean girls, and like they're being so mean to her, and she kind of misses it sometimes. And I was like, this girl, if she went through that much bullying and trauma, she would freaking know yeah. when people are bullying her. So I think that the, this act contains the, the only scene really that I could really stand behind, which honestly was when the brother is telling her what it means to be popular in high school, that you don't need anything, that you don't need to be anything, but you just need one person to believe that you're cool and you just need to step into that act and you just you, that's all you need. And I thought that that was really real because that is kind of, that is really the truth. It's just a matter of it's a, it's a calculation. It's just a matter of of marketing yourself well, and that's it. It has nothing to do with being better than someone or 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 superior than someone. And I thought that that was a really real thing to say because it's very clear that he was very popular. And so for someone that was such a stud in high school to admit that, I thought it was really cool. So I really love that. Yeah, I also liked it, especially because both of them are kind of like disillusioned about life, right? And and what they're doing. Um, she wants to be the reporter and, 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 and clearly, quite obviously, she would do anything for it just to be a reporter, clearly putting herself through again through this traumatic experience, although I'll bite. Um, Colleen, you're saying she's a little bit clueless um, or in, in the experience and we're suffering for her. Um, but 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 he's at the same he's at the same point, right? He's like, oh, I hate what I'm doing. And, and suddenly he becomes this like, ha. Huh. He, he suddenly has like a lot of clarity and knows exactly what needs to be done. And it's like, mm-hmm. apply it to your own life, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other one little thing I wanted to point out in this that I that I realized in this section was like nobody in Josie's life 
except for her her brother is really in her corner mm-hmm. and then the English teacher that she mm. meets everybody else like nobody else likes her like yeah. even her even her adult kind of co-workers and even her friend who is her friend doesn't mm-hmm. really like her that much it like, doesn't right. really treat her that well and it's mm-hmm. it's so it's interesting that like the only people who really like her for who she is are the English teacher and the and the brother yeah true so sad <laughs> so poor sad. Josie Grossy. It's okay. She's gonna get on stage and then intermittently slap her butt in a drum back and forth. She'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Again. All right. I don't. Even, we're gonna have to cut half of the shit. But like, this is what killed me in that scene. Like, even before she ate the pot brownie, she launched herself into that bar and was dancing and like jumping around. And I was like, again, do you not see what's going on here? Like no self-awareness no. at all yeah. like mm-hmm. zero self-awareness and like I was thinking to myself like you know that's gonna that's a that's that's such a big shift to have to make for this character mm-hmm. to go from zero self-awareness <laughs> to suddenly being this like poised Shakespearean person at the end of it I was like what? yeah so, I mean not to jump ahead so much but just like that, that, that's, that was the part that bothered me as a writer, to be like, this character doesn't have any integrity. Yeah. Like, this character needs a little bit more of a balance, needs some more balance. Um, that's why I'm rewriting it tomorrow. Yeah, I'm rewriting it. Good job. Yeah, I think we should do, like, a take two of this podcast. <laughs> Discussing yes. Colleen's version. Colleen fixes all the movies we watch. Oh God, we're gonna do a tape. We're gonna do a table read. Good. A table read. My version of Never Been Kissed. Oh, that's, that's the bonus episode. Yes. So we see how maybe maybe the answer to how this character can make such a huge shift is in Act Four, where Rob is true to his word and he um, makes sure that now the cool kids well he first of all he comes back he goes back to school um and of course he's an instant hit because he used to be so popular and and he can still pull it off kids love him immediately think he's the best thing since sliced bread and he makes sure that he tells everyone about Josie how amazing she is like he pretends that they used to date and she dumped him and like everywhere we go like we see all these scenes him telling some amazing story about her and suddenly she's the star of the high school um so much so that she even gets to choose the theme for prom and immediately everyone thinks like that's a great idea what we also see in that fourth act is uh, Sam and Josie um, growing closer. We see them um, at the carnival and she is taking a seat on that big wheel and yeah, someone very subtly selling a second seat <laughs> right next to her. And of course he offer- he's taking one for the team. He's joining her on that big wheel and um, yeah, they're having some some interesting conversation on that wheel. That is the fourth act. Let's talk about that. I think there's a lot to talk about here. Gross. You can't do that. 
that. Gross. Come on. Gross. You can't do that. Like, that is not even funny. Like, was that even funny in 1999? I know that this was 20 years ago, but that's not funny. That's like full on harass. Like, you, that's just gross. I, no. Like, if everything was bad up until now, like, this actually deserves like a bit red cross. There is no, nothing funny about a teacher trying to like get cozy with a student. Like, zero. Sorry, that yeah. was a rant. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because I did feel like as a as a young teacher, surely this guy would have would have already been a, kind of aware of like having to have a boundary with young students because yeah, clearly girls have had crushes on him before, like because he's the cute teacher, right? Yeah. So it's like getting on that Ferris wheel with her was like his stepping into like, even though like he acted, he was like never made a pass at her and all that stuff, but like. That whole thing right there, you're like, he's a creep. Yeah, he thought she was totally. 17. He's a creep. Yeah. 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 You're a totally. creep, Michael Varton. I also, like, didn't understand why Rob had to pretend like he, like, hooked up with his sister. Like, couldn't he have given her another reason as to why she's cool or, like, one of his friends that... I'm like... Ew! <laughs> the whole movie is ew! Why is your brother all being like, oh, this is what you did to me? Ew, how did he not throw up as he was saying that? So many problems. Problematic again. Problematic. He, was, he was so committed. He was so committed to make her popular. Also, how easy is it to unroll in high school? Is this just a thing you do? So he made the ID at the Tiki Torch. He had this laminating machine. Oh. This was pre-internet. This was pre-internet. Yeah, um, true. You know what? Though I did, I did think it was sweet that he really. I thought he was very sweet. Like I, th- most of the way through, it was misguided with the whole hooking up thing. But like, his just all the things that he was saying about her and how sweet it was. That was really cute. And I just, I really did like. Comedically, I loved how pop, how he was instantly popular. Mm-hmm. Like. That whole over-the-top humor of him, like, eating the coleslaw out of the thing yeah. is sort of typically not my favorite kind of humor. But, like, when you – these high school genre movies, that's what they are. It's all, mm-hmm. like, somebody steals a car and, like, puts it together on top of a flagpole. Somebody else, like – you know, there's always these, like, really over-the-top pranks and over-the-top thing that just sort of are part of the genre. And, like, the fact that he was the guy who goes in and within – literally two minutes of being enrolled he has the entire cafeteria chanting his name you yeah know, for doing something so ridiculous and crazy and like just coming out on top I thought, I thought it was a really fun juxtaposition to her abject failure as a student he comes in and just sort of like yeah everyone falls in love with him <laughs> yeah um i agree i loved his commitment but also i was so furious about this whole teacher-student relationship I'm like really come on that's just mm-hmm. so it's so wrong I know because you, because they're the filmmakers are, are are banking on the fact that we know that she's 20 that she's in her 20s yeah. or she's not she's not young but the teacher doesn't know that the teacher no. doesn't know and, Exactly. No, yeah. he does This know. is to catch a predator. Yes. Like when we watch to catch yeah. a predator, we know that that is a that is like a twenty six year old actress. But the guy in the AWOL chat room doesn't know, and that's why he gets caught. So Michael Vartan, <laughs> you gotta meet Chris Hansen. Yeah. Like this is not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. I know. No, I know. 
I also was very confused when the whole scene, I don't know, maybe I missed how quickly and, and really popular she was all of a sudden. I was so, um, I was so careful to believe that she just instantly became popular that I that I was very confused as to is this real or are they playing a trick on her? And the the peak of that was in the classroom when they asked, you know, maybe Josie knows that, you know, mm. she knows the answer. The, uh, Gary, is that his name? No, Guy? What's, what's Guy. 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 He was so taken and his face was so illuminated by her. And like, he was just like, Josie will know. And I'm like, all, like literally they will they, they're putting on a farce but then in the end it wasn't I was mm. so like on edge because of that because I was like the same thing will happen again to her but it didn't and mm -hmm. so I was very confused by that <laughs> I have to say yeah true did you also notice that that this this sequence um the 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 carnival actually and I can't remember what order it happened in but if the carnival happened first or and then the prom theme or the prom theme and the carnival but the carnival scene is the scene where they physically in the movie start to change her look mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the oh, movie. I they change I her that. hair, they change mm -hmm. her makeup, and they change her wardrobe. Okay. Like she said, like and like it, she suddenly stops wearing the crazy hairdo. Her hair looks just more natural. Her makeup is really fresh. Her skin looks beautiful, and her clothes are normal. She's wearing yeah. normal yeah. clothes like the other Finally. girls are wearing. Yeah, yeah. like and it's it, it, it happened. And I noticed I noticed it in the Ferris wheel scene because yeah. I was like, oh. They've stopped caking on that weird makeup, and like she looks like she just got kind of her hair is like freshly dried from the shower. And I was like, oh, this is purposeful because now we're seeing they're trying to visually tell us that she's now transitioning into the swan, like she was the ugly duckling and she's making the transition into swan. But I'm like, what? Why? Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Yeah. Like what? What? What sparked that? <laughs> did she suddenly get fashion sense? Did she suddenly realize that you don't have to wear 17,000 patterns right. and a plastic bag <laughs> and go-go boots yeah. to school? Like, who gave her that memo? Yeah. Totally. I was missing the makeover. Like, I kind of wanted, yes. I wanted one of those girls to give her a makeover. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like, kind of like, a, good, kind of like yeah. a mean girls makeover, but like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, not it didn't only really make sense to me what they were, what they were, what she was doing there because I kind of didn't think I thought that when she went to school the first time in that white outfit that that was her like trying to look good and that that was as good as it was gonna get in terms of her face and hair at least and I didn't quite get it because she went from like mousy at the beginning on purpose to over the top and then to fit in with the girls who were so over the top she toned it down. So I think if those girls gave her a makeover, they wouldn't have put her in just like jeans and straight hair. I didn't quite get like why she was inspired. I'm glad she did. She looked great, but I don't. Mm -hmm. I didn't get what who she was trying to fit in with when she did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and maybe the point was maybe we were not even supposed to notice that that happened because I mean they yeah. didn't make a, they didn't make a point of it. It just mm -hmm. happened, right? Like she went from really like wearing all these crazy clothes to suddenly just showing up at school in like a great pair of jeans and a little top. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, that why wasn't that there on day one? I guess that, you know, that's. <laughs> I yeah, I think moving. it may have been subtle. I think yeah. it may have been subtle. It reminds me a little bit about the proposal that that happened between you know for mm -hmm. Sandra Bullock. They kind of like put down their her hair a little bit, and it was a little mm -hmm. subtle. But I think that because her outfits right. were so outrageous in the beginning, normal outfit felt like a makeover. Like I think that. Yeah. They, you're right, you're right. They did not take Anula into account. 
that we would be paying attention mm-hmm. and that we would notice. Eagle eyes. I think That's they right. totally yeah. thought that they could just sneak that in. They were sleeping on the job. They were totally like, no one's going to notice this. Totally sleeping on the job. <laughs> they didn't see us come in. That's right. <laughs> All right. Not see us coming 21 years later. <laughs> <laughs> no foresight whatsoever. All right. So act five. Um, prom night. So Josie had the idea that the theme should be meant for each other. Famous couples um, from around the world coming together. And um, yeah, so we see everyone arrive. Also, in the meantime, she and Gus, uh, no, sorry, not Gus, uh, gay, guy, guy. (laughs) Guy. But he looks gay, yeah. (laughs) He does look a little gay. Um, But guy and her, they start dating. And obviously, then they also go to the prom together. And they go as Rosalind and Orlando, um, famous uh, Shakespeare um couple and um yeah and the entire office who she's writing the story for they're all watching they're literally sitting there with their popcorn uh, watching the whole scene um we see how it all goes down surprise surprise uh guy and josie get voted queen uh, prom queen and 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 king um we see them dancing um and then we also see a somewhat like a a peace offering and guy goes over to aldis and offers her a dance as an act of friendship allegedly um but josie is seeing how they're all about to play a prank on her and they were about to pour some dog food over her hair or over her in general as they were dancing and so that's when Josie like has her epic um, breakthrough and she reveals who she really is and what it means to be in high school and how people should be instead and that it doesn't matter who you are and, and you should just in general be kind and be the real you and stop pretending and trying um, to, to play out all these different roles. Um, so yeah, at the same time, that also means that she, um, we, we see that that Sam finds out um, that she was about to, to get a story about him um, turning him in, being a creep and trying to hit on her. And that's how that fifth act comes to a closing. <laughs> you know, here's what I liked. I liked the prom theme. I thought it was really, it was super over the top, but I liked actually seeing all the kids in those wild costumes mm-hmm. versus just like the, you know, the in the 90s, like the the bad prom dresses. And because um, there were, and just, I, I had fun kind of just scanning the background and seeing all the different weird couples. Like there was an Adam and Eve couple and there was, um, you know, just kind of some couples that, did, that that took a minute to kind of sink into like what they were, like who they were supposed to be. So I thought that was really fun. Um, but that's the only thing I liked. <laughs> <laughs> I love Aldis Lili Sobieski's onesie. Oh, yes. oh yes. I loved it. I was like, I wear that. Yeah. That was a point. I know. I Lucy was like, I, I rocked that last weekend. I'm like, I think I <laughs> that's had that. <laughs> At the farmer's market. <laughs> I remember not getting Lili Sobieski when I was younger. 
Like, I didn't get the appeal. I was not into her. Looking back, I'm like, she's the most gorgeous person I've ever seen. She's got that onesie mm-hmm. on. I know. I'm sorry, Lily, for anything I may have said to you about my on my like live journal blog or something back then, but I love you now. <laughs> We're digging that up, Lucy. Oh, We're yeah, going to do a deep dive sure. on your live journal. One piece. Yeah, and, and she really was so gorgeous. And she actually reminds me a lot of my niece, Haley. That's mm. what she looks like. Ah, mm-hmm. uh-huh, totally. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. actually is one piece of trivia about her. She was originally um, supposed to take the role that Jessica Alba took, but she had decided that um, Aldis was the much more interesting role. So yeah. Yeah, that was cool. She was right. Yeah, she, she was, was right. right. That's awesome. sure. I, yeah, I I loved I loved that scene of, of her taking off the thing, and she's so tall and so beautiful. Just like the whole like the swirling around. I love. I definitely love that. I enjoyed that very much. Um, what I didn't enjoy was her reveal. Like honestly, like her speech, Josie's speech, was really. It just was so pitiful to me, and I really I feel bad about feeling like that but i really felt like the whole pity that i that was just pitiful like you're a 25 year old woman trying to make yourself like by high schoolers that don't know anything about anything and you seem to be a very smart very educated woman and you're standing there desperate to get their approval and all of a sudden you're tell you're just somehow blossoming but i don't buy it at all i don't buy mm-hmm. that stand and it was just it gave me a really icky feeling of like i don't know i don't like this at all like an educated woman a, a, a smart woman that i don't i didn't like that at all <laughs> i know and i yeah. thought it was so gross to see sam watching her and and guy dance and i'm like oh, i'm like oh so creepy it's gross yet i also was conflicted because i knew that in the in the sense of the script as the audience we were supposed to know that he's not a creep right we're supposed to believe he's not a creep because we know that she's not really that young but i was mad I was so, but I didn't believe it. I thought he was a creep. But then I was conflicted because I was mad at her for basically not fighting back against her editor harder yeah. to not frame this guy for being mm-hmm. a pedophile mm-hmm. because he hadn't actually done anything. He just was kind of being a creep, but like he hadn't actually done anything that was worthy of being on the front page of the Chicago Sun Times as being out of as a pedophile. Yeah. So it's kind of like. That thing where she was going to let him hang because she wasn't strong enough to be like, well, wait, I'm not going to ruin someone's life because, you know, he's there's whatever, because we don't really have any proof of this. But then at the same time, I was like, no, he's a creep. He's on the Ferris wheel with the 17 year old. He's yeah. Like, I was very conflicted. That's why yeah. I was mad at this. I was like mad because I was like, oh, now you're making me mad because you're making me conflicted. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a rom-com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how we're supposed to give him any grace because even... When you're saying we're supposed to know he's not a creep, but what we know is that he doesn't know she's older. There's not like you see him writing in his diary being like, I, I think Josie's older than she is. Like he'd straight up think she's 17 and he still is like has these intense feelings towards her. And like when he I, I get at the end when he 
like at the end of this part where he finds out she was going to write about him that she's mad about that I think he's allowed to be mad about that but he storms out of the prom before he knows that mad at her like you cannot have those kind of emotions towards someone that you thought was 17 five minutes ago mm-hmm, you are mm-hmm. that upset this girl lied to you and you thought she was 17 and you're There's, that upset right. like you had feelings true. for her and that's not okay true. yeah true it's it's mm. it's, a, it's not a good it's not it's not good it's not good. It's not well plotted. It's really poorly plotted. Like, and they could have done a lot more. Like, I, I, if to make this work, I would have wanted to really see that he was freaked out. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that would have been better if he yeah. had, had a moment where you could see him going like, "What the f-? like." Yeah, I don't get it. Like, I gotta take a break. I gotta take a step back. Like, just something to kind of bring himself out yes. to go. Like, hey, I gotta. Re- I have to like school myself to go. This girl is seventeen. Uh, this is inappropriate. I shouldn't be having these feelings. But no, we never get that. We only yeah. get these weird longing looks, and then and then this whole thing blows up. And then yeah. you know, totally ew, ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> and I also honorable dishonorable mention for the girl who had to play Risky Businesses. So the brother Rob, his costume was was the Tom Cruise character in Risky Business. Yeah. And in the movie Risky Business, mm-hmm. the girl, the girlfriend, yeah, who is has the straight bangs and the long hair. Yeah. She's a sex worker in that movie. Oh. And she, Tom Cruise gets involved, you know, hapless Tom Cruise gets involved with this sex worker and they go on this heart, this crazy adventure. The Risky Business is a very difficult movie. Um, and so in this movie, Never Been Kissed, that girl is 15. First of all, her costume is the sex worker from Risky Business. <laughs> and her date is wearing his, in his underwear. Which I did think was visually very funny, but when you break it down and realize that the yeah. age difference is bad, yeah. and then she's like, "I want to have sex with you," and she's doing all those gymnastics moves, oh God, putting yeah. her leg behind her head. Yeah. I was like, and granted, this character is going like, "Okay, hey, I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna leave." Like he's yeah. not engaging, but still, like, you know. But he's a twenty-something guy wearing no pants to a high school prom. <laughs> like you will and, go to jail for that. And and very physically flirting with a fifteen-year-old. So you know. Yeah. yeah. True. Everything Cheers. is gross, you guys. It's oh just my God. the worst. Oh my God. It's the worst. It's the worst. Like, seriously, you've never seen something this bad. Like, <laughs> and the things I didn't well, think I don't know, are coming have up now. You guys, oh, God. But have you guys seen, like, 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink and all those movies? Yeah. No. Okay, Liv, you haven't lived. You've got to see. Now, those movies, I would say, arguably are better movies. They're better written and they're... There's stuff about them that like was there was a reason they were that they, that they are like iconically popular, but rewatching them as an adult is a horrifying experience. Oh. <laughs> it's really bad. It's yeah. really really bad. Oh, I see. Um, from that perspective, but the actual the writing is a little better. I mean, they're still teenage movies, but the writing is a little better. I talked about this a little bit during Bull Durham because I was kind of yeah. like, yeah. the diet we were being fed was so terrible that we didn't even know how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So Josie still needs to write a story right because we don't have a story so she vows that she's going to write a story and she she shares 
basically her real experience. She she shares her own um, experience she had, and then she also writes in actually really a nice way about um, the kids at the at the school. And of course, the highlight is she admits her love for Sam, and she tells in the story like her plan of being on the basketball and the, the baseball field and waiting there for him um, in the um, in all of this she also secures Rob a job who was not pleased at all that this all blew up because he finally found himself um, again being popular and being back um, on on the baseball field with the, with the kids so she um, in her attempt to to sell this story um, to the newspaper or share the story with the newspaper, um, she gets him a job and gets herself a date. Um, and we see her on the on the baseball field waiting for Sam to come. Sam is in the in the process of moving to New York with his girlfriend, and he just didn't get a chance to see the the article for all we see. Um, and we see. Josie stands there waiting for him as the countdown counts down. And finally, though, after the time's already over, we hear the crowd cheering. Everyone's been waiting for him. And there he is running down the stairs, coming onto the field. And they finally kiss after he apologizes for being late. And that's how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> All is forgiven. We're all adults. (laughs) I know I've said this like 30 times so far, but I just want to really harp on this a 31st time. Like, put yourself in the shoes of Josie. I understand she's she's not like all of us, but you're going to work at school as an undercover reporter, and this teacher keeps getting really close to you. And you probably go home every day and you're like, this teacher thinks I'm 17 and he's trying to sit next to me and he's trying to do all these weird things. I'm so uncomfortable. But then like, once you're both adults again, you decide that you're in love with him. I'd be like, get me as far away from this man as possible. Perhaps I should report this to someone. Instead she decides, oh, he's really in love with me. So yeah, he was really falling in love with you when he thought you were 17. Mm-hmm. Sorry, girl. Well, and, this ain't and it. also that her co- and her coworkers were all complicit in it because they yes. were watching it like it was a soap opera. Yeah, right? yes, totally. And they were watching it, and it was like, okay, talk about gaslighting. This whole thing is crazy. Yeah, and totally gaslighted. And like, also, like the- at the at that prom, everybody again hated her at the prom <laughs> universally. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought she was terrible, and then. One scene later, she writes this article, and the whole town is on her side, suddenly. Like, all is forgiven. She's at the baseball field, and everyone's like, even the mean girls are like, I hope he comes and kisses her, and I can't believe it. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, you hated her three minutes ago. Yeah. What What high schooler is reading the local paper? I know. Who even knows? (laughs) I know. Yeah. Oh yeah, although I kind of get, I actually, that's a part I do kind of live, get. live as a high schooler, I mean, is, was reading the newspaper. That's of course. She's yeah. like, I would always read the stuff. She was the, she's the editor in chief. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was reading the paper. But, uh, <laughs> but no, but um, 
I, I kind of get it. I wasn't mentioning, I, I wasn't commenting on high schoolers actually reading the paper, but I kind of get what the article, I don't know, maybe I'm totally brainwashed after watching this movie and like, and you know, and, and trying to understand where they were going to get at. But I think that what they wanted to show is just that she was just putting her whole life out there, right? And like, she was being vulnerable, she was being real, and you can connect to that. <clears throat> and and you can actually be invested in that. And so I think that that's what they were showing is that she finally overcame her her, you know, mind fucks around high school and she writes this article that is supposed to, you know, it's kind of supposed to free her and being a last, you know, kind of a transitioning moment into her adulthood or into the woman who she actually is. Kind of like I kind of got all that. And yet in the end, like it was so cheesy and so over the top cheesy, even the conversation that they had, like the lines were so bad. I don't even like, <laughs> like he said something, it took me forever to get here. And she was like, I don't know, so bad that it just ruined the, like it just didn't make it better at all. But I do see a little bit where, you know, where everybody started to be invested in her. I have to say and I am reminded with what you said about Rob I genuinely just realized that Rob is the only solid thing about this whole movie I think that even though he's mm -hmm. like a little weirdo but he's super solid he he tells the truth that his his life had meaning when he was actually teaching kids and 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 like really sharing himself like he's a little bit of a you know he he's a little bit in the clouds with his head but but he's the only solid thing about this movie that's all I can fairy godmother the whole movie yeah true. he is true 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 true, true. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i was happy that he was the coach that was fun yeah yeah that's cute. i like that i like that journey for him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. true i did like the you know i just i kind of felt like it was such a waste of all these talented people like molly shannon and yeah. uh um oh god what's that what's the actor's name who played the editor yeah he's so famous i've been trying to think of it the whole yeah gary something no no it's not like gary but michael um, it's uh Ian green wait i have no. it somewhere and also by the way the woman who i was trying to think of in the tom cruise movie is not an arquette she's um john c Riley. by yeah. the john, way is the guy that's what i meant by michael Thank ian you. green famous john c Riley. and michael <laughs> And Close. in the Risky Business movie, I, for some reason, I thought she was an Arquette. She's not. Her name is Rebecca De Mornay, who, mm. who played the sex oh, worker in yeah. Risky Business. Yeah. And if you've ever, ever seen that movie, you'll know how horrifying this Halloween costume is. For <laughs> oh, and I've never seen it. So, no. yeah. <laughs> cool, guys. Boy, a lot. Well, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Here's what I liked. I liked the credits. With the old photos of the and the cast and the crew. Yes, I did too. Oh, and they were God. so long. Turned it off. Yeah, I turned it off. I so didn't even long. wait. I, I didn't even care. I was like, I don't. If they want to give me more, we done here. <laughs> no, I thought like maybe there is a way to redeem it all. <laughs> it's like a big JK just comes across the screen. <laughs> Who knows? Just we're sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh. All right. Oh my God. Let's let's rate this stellar yeah, for date. sure. Let's rate it. Mm -hmm. Surprise. Think about Surprise it. me. <laughs> this is the kind of date that would land me in jail. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. So, Lucy, is your rating, you're going to ghost it because it's to catch a predator? <laughs> yeah, this is like a meeting with Chris Hansen, and I am not bringing lemonade to this meeting, Chris Hansen. 
I am not getting any of those references, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you got to watch okay. Catch a Predator. That's like one of my of top favorite shows. You'll oh, see why once you watch it. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, I am ghosting it because I feel like it's actually a date that I've been on in which um, I saw the guy crossing the street and I was already thinking about what I could say to get out. And that's literally how I felt the first scene was just like that. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a ghost it to me too. This is this is the date. Okay, this is like this reminds me of an actual date that I went on where my father set me up with the guy who used to run security at the door at Fiddler's <laughs> Green on St. Patrick's Day. Nice. He was, a, he was a campus cop at one of the local colleges. And um, he took me on, like, the, one of the worst dates of my life. And I remember the whole time, again, I was also t- looking for looking for an escape hatch yeah. at every turn. And uh, it wasn't bad looking. He actually was kind of nice looking, but he was just such a, he was such a creep. But um, my poor father later, he, he was like, oh, I didn't know he was a creep. I thought he was a nice guy. I was like, no, he was a total creep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and dad, you are no longer allowed to set me up on dates. Oh, yes, that thank you it. very much. Very Down creepy. <laughs> That's funny. My God. Barbara loved it. For me, it. it was a total get it. Total get it. <laughs> Five stars. It was a total get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it was a, definitely a ghost it. And it was so many red flags and just like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> No. Well, we are in agreement, you guys. That's we a nice are. thing. We are in agreement. We are in agreement. Yeah. And I have to say, I, I, it's kind of one of those things where it would have been better for us to watch a combination of Mean Girls and uh, Can't Buy Me Love. Mm. Would have been two better movies to mm. probably. Now, Can't Buy Me Love probably hasn't aged well either, but at least it would have been a better, like, funnier kind of like nerdy kid who gets the makeover because the cool girl adopts him and then mean mm. girls you know like with the, the other thing yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. so yeah my friends i do apologize i would not if i'd known i would not have chose, i would not have put myself through this for sure <laughs> it's all good beebs it's part of the game there's no one part i'd rather go through this with than you yeah. well no and we didn't re- and we didn't remember anyway so the people those of us who saw it had, didn't remember anyway yeah so otherwise exactly. I would have, it was good that we got to do it and we'll never do it again yeah yes <laughs> i did watch it early and i was about to think should i just text them that we need to we need a redo <laughs> ah you're cute no it's all this good. is great it was great content i'm sure <laughs> All right, my friends, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. And so listen, for next time, we're not going to reveal the movie this time because we're going to take a little break. We're yeah. going to take a little break, but we're going to come back in December with all new episodes. We're going to do a Christmas-themed month. The month Woo-hoo. of December is going to oh be God, all of our wait. favorite Christmas rom-coms. So um, watch our social medias. Uh, watch and follow us on at Canoodle Podcast on Instagram. If you have some ideas for Christmas themed rom coms that you want us to consider, let us know. Send us send us some DMs or comment on our Instagram or however other ways you catch us. <laughs> How do they catch us? How do they send find me us? a letter? Send me uh, send me a handwritten letter. Yeah. Send, stamp San- on it. send Santa a letter. Yeah. Send um, Santa a letter. He'll give it to me. We're in vote. close contact. Just do that. Too. Oh right! You, vote. you maybe already did vote, did you? When's this coming out? No, you're gonna vote for another week. So yeah, go no. vote, you no. guys. That could be a great go holiday vote. present for us. Yeah, well, wouldn't that be great? Vote. That would be nice. So wouldn't great. that be nice? That'd be nice. Yeah, go out and vote. 
It yeah. would be nice. <sighs> it would be nice. Okay. Oh, all right. Goes. There we go. Okay. There. I think right. I that's, 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 that's our that's our cue. That's the key. And that's it. shut this down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kanoodle right, you later. And that's a wrap for today's episode. I hope you had as much fun as we did. And as you heard, we are taking a little break in November and we'll be back with a holiday special in December. So stay tuned and keep following us on Instagram at Canoodle Podcast so you won't miss the movies we'll be watching in December. Enjoy the break and we can't wait for our holiday special. Canoodle you later. Bye.